Hello, and welcome to Wedge Issues, a politics podcast from the Cap Times. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, the paper's Capitol Bureau Chief. And I'm Jack Kelly, a politics reporter with the Cap Times. On Wednesday night, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers released his proposal for the state's next two-year budget. Put another way, he introduced a bill outlining how he wants the state to spend your money. The legislation, which would take effect for the fiscal year starting July 1st, totals almost $104 billion for two years. It would invest heavily in a paid family leave program, additional state aid for local governments, and boost state K-12 school funding by billions. We sat down with the governor the morning after he released his budget to break down the proposal. Here's our conversation with Governor Tony Evers. Governor Evers, welcome back to the Wedge Issues podcast. Good to be here. You are officially our most frequent guest. This is your third appearance. Frequent flyer. We're very excited, though, to relaunch. This is our relaunch episode at the start of budget season. So yes. how are you feeling about last night's budget address? Well, I heard a lot of good things, so I suppose that's, that's a starting point. But, of course, I didn't talk extensively with the Republican side, so I'm not sure what their reaction is. But it's a good start because uh, these are all things that are important to people. And I think some people were somewhat surprised by some of the things that we put in, like uh, family leave, for example. We hadn't talked about that much. But the um, fact of the matter is that's been pulled, too, and uh, shows 73% of the people in Wisconsin. So I think it's a reasonable thing to have a discussion about. And uh, other states are doing it, and if we want to compete, which we have to, we have a, essentially a flatter, declining number of people here in Wisconsin, we have to give them an incentive to come here. And that would be one of them. Well, the Joint Finance Co-Chairs already said they're going to throw it all out. They always say that, but then the Legislative Fiscal Bureau has our proposal as one of the things they discuss. Right. It's kind of a, a thing. Speaker Bass, though, he did say, and this sounded kind of different from years past, that there are some areas of the budget that they will hope to find common ground on. Obviously, the state's got an unprecedented surplus. Does it feel different this time around than your previous budgets? Certainly. And uh, it feels different because we were able to help create that. And during the pandemic, especially investing in small businesses and making sure that um, people stayed safe and healthy, that all contributed to the surplus. So feel feel good that we have a surplus. And as a result of that, it's time to, I talked about this on the campaign and suddenly the Republicans were talking about it too. I, I do believe we're going to get something in the area of shared revenue for municipalities. And that's important too. I'm looking forward to, we'll get some big wins and everybody will take um, credit for it. And it'll be one happy, one happy time here in Madison. <laughs> State Representative Tip McGuire said Wednesday night that your reelection by a comfortable margin by Wisconsin standards <laughs> is an endorsement of your of your budget proposal by a majority of Wisconsinites. How do you sell that idea to Republicans? How do you convince them of that? I tried last night, you know, the, uh, not trying to put it in the context of not necessarily the last budget or last uh, election, but the fact of the matter is most of these things, A, are common sense or B, uh, they show well in polling. And, and so I think, I think those are two important pieces. Now, whether I think from the election, the, probably the thing to learn most about is that um, I think people in Wisconsin hired me again for four years because I can be one that can possibly bridge certain divides. And uh, so hopefully we will. Mm -hmm. I think we will. 
I feel good about it. You know, they're going to go through their, you know, macho thing where they throw things out and huff and puff. And at the end of the day, I think we'll have a pretty good budget. If we don't, then we won't have a budget. Wisconsin employers, especially in, in the healthcare sector, you know, for months they've expressed concerns about worker shortages. You know, what is your assessment of the state's workforce today? And what will the workforce look like if, if your budget becomes law? Well, we'll have more people working here. We, we do have to draw people for a large state, and it has to go beyond putting an ad on, a, on the metro in Chicago. And so do we believe we can bring people to Wisconsin if we have driver permits for people that are undocumented? Yes. Do I think if we had a, a paid leave that that would drive people to Wisconsin? Uh, so we have to, we have a limited end here in the, the state, and so we have to make sure that we're in a position to draw people here. If we want to do that, we should have good public libraries. That's why we have money for municipalities, have to have safe streets. All the things that kind of are basic draw people to the state. And also, you mentioned the, the, uh, the health care uh, industry. They have desperate needs, and we will kind of go overboard helping them to find people here. And also, to you know, there's people that could take more different jobs in this in the system and making sure that we have multiple uh, licenses for people so that they can take different jobs around the state. But it, it is going to have to be uh, making our state a little more attractive to welfare. You mentioned shared revenue. Obviously, you campaigned on increasing funding for local governments, and the budget in- includes pretty substantial increase there. And I think we've heard a number of different things from Republicans, from the local government associations, Last night, Robin Voss said he was concerned that it would equate to a, an automatic property tax hike in a lot of communities. He said he th- they're going to take a dramatically different approach. Um, you know, but we've also heard, I think, after your state of the state, Senator Lemahue sounded a little bit more optimistic about what you had proposed. Mm-hmm. Where have those conversations gone uh, with leaders and, and how confident are you that the plan that you proposed is where you'll end up in the budget? Well, I think the uh, consumers uh, believe it, and uh, it's a good proposal. And, yeah, I don't see this making a gob of referendums coming down the pike. I think people will be sat- be happy and satisfied with a half billion dollars of increase. And so I, I just don't see this trans- translating into, you know, giving people that option. I think that's fine, but I just don't see that happening. Maybe I, th- I think that's... I'm not sure where he would come up with that idea, frankly. Kind of. Maybe, maybe Milwaukee. I mean, they have some serious issues there. I could see them possibly going to a referendum, but other than that, I think we're pretty good. <laughs> Another standout element of your proposal is $2.6 billion in new school spending at the, at the K-12 level. What areas of, of that K-12 plan do you think will be in the budget that you sign into law? Oh, uh, for sure, we'll have some more in m- mental health. I think I laid out some pretty stark data to support that. And no, I I, I think big people get it. I you know some of the people that were advocates for mental health are no longer in the legislature, which is too bad. But I think we will get a significant amount of money for mental health. I think we'll have 
more money for special education. Um, so I, I'm not sure about the others, but I'd say those two are good good starting points. How optimistic are you that something like universal school meals could make it through the legislature? That would be a big policy shift for the state. Well, it's not much money, frankly. And uh, I think if school districts listen, or just the legislators listen to the school districts, I mean, we have for lack of a better term, lunch ladies uh, and working. It's also all female occupation for some reason. Uh, they, but during the regular school year on Monday mornings, they look for people who are kind of waving in the line and not because they haven't eaten all weekend or eating crap all weekend. So I think there's a need. I think uh, it's not a lot of money. The federal government kicks in some, so... There's a possibility, but I know that there's some that would rather not do it because it's somebody else's responsibility. But if you think about what's good for kids, it's a no-brainer. The 12 weeks paid family leave, Senator Lemon, who already said it's doubtful that they'll support that. But um, if you look back at the you know the campaign this last time around, your Republican challengers were interested in family leave. We've seen conservative groups like Wisconsin Right to Life support the concept of family leave. Do you think there's still room to negotiate on that? And what would you be yeah. open to? Yeah, I, I think there's room to negotiate. There's no question about that because we had kind of a broad band of uh, things that would cult under family leave. That being narrowed, I think that's a possibility. Who pays for it? That's, uh, you know, we'll, I think we can do that. But there's other states that do it. We can use those as models. And uh, as long as they take it seriously and, uh, and maybe adjust it to starting at a lower level, that might be fine. But um, I think it's a no-brainer. In fact, we're going to visit one, a company here in Madison that has it uh, this morning, and that seems a big way for them to keep a good workforce because I think that's important. I would expect you know, one potential criticism or counter to it would be, you know, why is the government telling private employers you know, what kind of policy they should have or what kind of policy they should pay into? How do you sell them on that? Well, they either want to have a good workforce or not, or have a workforce. I mean, there's no question that our, most people in this state are my age, and uh, not all 71-year-olds are working. And so we, we have to find people, and the best way to do it is to offer the benefits that they are interested in. And also be the kind of state. Uh, I wasn't kidding when I said that uh, uh, we're going to have work trouble finding people who move to Wisconsin if our abortion law stays the way it is. There you go. <laughs> we have to change that, too, if we want to bring people to this state. You've included a number of items in your budget that, A, you've included in previous budgets or you know, have been introduced as previous legislation, and B, it's pretty clear Republicans are not going to budge on them. Things like Medicaid expansion, full marijuana legalization, undoing some of the labor laws like right to work, prevailing wage, undoing the lame duck laws. So what's the point or why keep doing it when you have an idea of what the outcome is going to be? Well, it's, uh, first of all, it's part of what good policy is. And so not doing that, I'd be not doing my job. But at some point in time, it will happen. And so I, I think it's important to keep, you know, I'll use this as an example. The providing driver's permits for undocumented people, I've done that several times. And there is no reason, I mean, they used to have it, it used to be, I think Walker put it in a place, not put it in alone, and the Republicans did. And if we want to have a good workforce, instead of having 
people that don't have those licenses ending up spending nights in jail and having farmers go pick them up in the morning to bring them to work. It's absurd. And I hear it all the time. And I'm sure they hear it all the time. So get over it. So I, th- I think there is a point in time where something like that that has been put in place will break and they'll, and they'll do it. So we have to continue to do it. Kansas is doing a full-out thing on Medicaid expansion. If they can get that in Kansas, we should be able to get that here. So I'm not going to give up on those things. Well, we're sitting in your office, and we've got a nice collection here of brewers, bobbleheads. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who doesn't want to keep the brewers in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. That being said, you know, public subsidies for sports teams have been historically controversial, especially if you look at you know, teams with a wealthy owner, teams that are profitable. So why is this the right move, your, your proposal to fund the stadium improvements? Because they'll leave. That's the bottom line. This is the way it works. They will leave and find somebody else that will provide those resources. And it's the same with the Bucks. And if the Packers were set up a little differently, it probably happened with them too. So it's the way it works. I think it's a lot of money, but at the end of the day, they bring joy to people and they also bring revenue to the state. So we balance all those things, but that's just the way it works. We've heard complaints from Republicans that the Brewers' proposal was a bomb dropped in the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, since this is a deal that would require agreement between the state and the team, you know, is there room for changes? To the plan if, if lawmakers want them and, and what could those changes look like? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he, I know there were people that were like, oh my gosh, but the bottom line is we know that some Republican leaders have been meeting with them too, in addition to us. And so we just decided if both sides have heard stuff about this, let's put it in the budget and, and start the conversation. It's pretty simple. I think what we viewed it as a solution is the best because We've got the money. We can pay it up front. We don't have to borrow as we go along. And it'll be, I don't know the number, but it's a big number more by doing it that way. we got the money. Boom. Put it in the bank. They, they can use it, and we're done with it. So I think it's a wise move. It's probably the best financial move we'll get. But if people want to talk more about it, that's fine. We're less than a week out from the state Supreme Court primary. What are the stakes of that race? Can't get any bigger, whether it's union rights, whether it's gerrymandering, whether it's voting rights, whether we have gerrymandering, a few small things, and they're all connected. They're all connected. I'd say, you know, there's some basic ones that we have to resolve, such as reproductive rights, but the one thing that is at the core of all the, the others is gerrymandering. And we have to change that. I mean, if we have um, people at the state level, pretty much are all Democrats, or in a bad place in the Senate, and we're only two away from being a bad place in the uh, assembly, something's wrong with that. A good example of that is changes in Northwest Wisconsin. We had a state, a state senator that was Democratic, and two, three, I think, three, uh, Assembly people that were Democrat overnight. They're now Republican. That's now represented by Republicans. So it's big. Can't get any bigger. Are you backing a particular candidate? Not right now. We have a primary. And we'll see after that. 
we know you've just been reelected to four more years. Are you planning to run for reelection come 2026? Would you like a third term as governor? We will decide that before the next election. I haven't decided yet. We're talking with Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers about his budget proposal. More to come. Wedge Issues is sponsored by Leopold's Books Bar Cafe, Madison's bookstore for night owls, serving craft cocktails, locally roasted coffee, and desserts every day from morning till midnight. More information at leopoldsmadison.com. Okay, well, we've done the hard stuff. Yes. Now we get to have some fun questions in our lightning round. You've done the podcast twice. I always ask people their favorite beer and their favorite cheese from Wisconsin. You've answered the question before. You said Miller Lite and Munster back in 2018. So I just need to check in. Is that still? Yep, that's still a thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not many people have Munster at the top of their list, but I have. It's a good melting cheese. Yeah, it's a good melting cheese. (laughs) Come to the politics conversation. Leave with the cheese insight. (laughs) So we have an updated list of the lightning round questions for you, given that you've done the other ones before. And so we'll start. What's your favorite knickknack or family heirloom or tchotchke that you own? Um, I would say I'm thinking of something Kathy and I have shared over the years. I would say as an heirloom, probably her wedding rigs because she doesn't wear them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) She did something very weird with them to make it even more complex. It was three rings and she had them connected. And those connections broke. We couldn't find any jeweler that would put them back together. So they are true heirlooms. They're not being worn. And they're sitting in a box. And But um, one of our kids, probably grandkids, will get them sometime. What's been the best moment of the last four years and change? Oh, God. I can't. I can't put it at a victory on budgets. I'd say some of the really cool places I visited in the state, especially some of these Main Street bounce-back places. I mean, I can think of 10 or 12 of them that thinking, how did these people think of this notion and how did they put it into place and actually make money on it. It's just extraordinary. The other one, it's one of the Main Street Bounce Back ones. She's a tattoo artist. She, for free, removes tattoos for women who have been trafficked. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. That's cool. She actively seeks out people that are in that position, helps them get um, out of it, and then for free removes her tattoos. That's Wisconsin. Yeah. What song or artist are you listening to right now that makes you want to polka with the First Lady? (laughs) (laughs) That is a hard one. We go with the old ones. They're they're all they're all records. You know, Romy Goss type stuff. Yeah, nobody does the polka anymore, (laughs) and nobody plays polkas anymore. You have to go back and play records. You know, there's actually a woman in Madison who does polka DJing. She DJed a Cap Times party for us. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah, we did. <laughs> That's good exercise. <laughs> it is. Okay, who's the pickleball MVP? You're the first lady. Oh, there's no question. Kathy Evers. <laughs> she plays off it. I play seldom, except for during the summer ones. We play eight games. She lets me win one. 
<laughs> so, yes, she is the king. What did the two of you do for Valentine's Day? We prepared for the data or the budget. <laughs> yeah. That's romance. Yeah, it was romantic. We did something. I can't remember. We made some special food. The speech kind of interfered with it. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks are in a playoff series? Yeah. How many games to win the series? Six. Bucks and six. Bucks, Bucks and, and six. Didn't ask me about the Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> if you've had a long day at work, what comfort food do you crave? Ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. I eat ice cream. I don't know if I eat only ice cream. <laughs> when, when there's something that I need comfort food. In fact, the, I always thought that I was ice cream out when I went to this place in Stevens Point and he made me. It hadn't been a 10-pound ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, to me, it was huge. It was this big. Got through most of it. Are you reading anything not work-related right now? Of course, I do every night. I read trashy novels. Like what kind of trashy novel? It's Kindle. I buy them in BookBub, if you remember that. You get books for sometimes free or at most $1.99. And I'm reading one now. I have no idea what the name of it is. I never do. I just read them. It's about a man and a woman who are trying to crack some sort of neo-Nazi thing that's going on in Great Britain. It's very exciting. Oh. Yeah. Is the Aaron Rodgers era of the Packers over? I want to say something, but I can't. <laughs> I think it is. I think he is. I think he's got all sorts of other things he enjoys doing for the bike football, or at least equally, and those things are less dangerous. So, yeah, I think it is. Okay. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph, and who was it if you have? Uh, I asked when I was a kid, and this really irritates me because I lost it, Hank Aaron. Oh, wow. I had Hank Aaron's, this is a, God's truth, he came, it was about 1956, 57, maybe 56, I think. He came to Plymouth to talk to probably seven Cub Scouts. Wow. And he gave every one of us a uh, autograph, a little piece of paper, and I lost my... Oh, that's a little... Yeah, yeah. But you think of that, one of the best baseball players of all time black man, drove up to Plymouth, no black man or women, and visited with seven Cub Scouts. That's extraordinary. That tells you something about him, I'd say. All right, last one. I've been waiting for this for a while. Cream puffs. Let's have it out. Convince me. <laughs> Convince you that, well, yeah, I will. <laughs> Ivy has good cream puffs too. Okay. What we do is buy them from Hy-Vee when we're not doing it for the state fair, put them in the freezer, cut them in half if after they're frozen, and you can eat half of those for breakfast. It's a good breakfast thing. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. They're great. You freeze them and they stay frozen, but if they're frozen and you eat them, you, you don't get messed up. Okay. It tastes the same, but you just freeze them then cut them in half after they're frozen, put them back in the freezer, eat one for breakfast every morning. Okay. Okay. You have to. <laughs> you have to. They taste great. It's a good breakfast. Together, Evers, thank you so much for joining Wedge Issues. It's always good. Good. I, I hope your listeners enjoy it.
Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our show is sponsored by Leopold's Books Bar Cafe and edited by Haley Bowers. Our intro music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll have new episodes every other week. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend. And if you haven't already, sign up for Wedge Issues, the newsletter, at captimes.com newsletters. I'm Jessie O'Poyan. Thanks for listening.